Welcome, welcome back to uh, Creative Process. Today in uh, episode four, my great friend um, Isaac Waller is on. Today um, it's a little bit different of a topic that I haven't really talked about yet, uh, mainly talking about esports. He primarily works with a um, premier esports organization called E United. Um, if you are within the esports scene, you probably have heard of their name before, um, but it's a very good conversation we have. Um, I have my main experience working in in uh, esports, so it's a good episode today. If you're interested in esports, basically what esports is, it's a uh, kind of competitive circuit within gaming. Um, basically, sp- like your regular sports like football, baseball, basketball, but with gaming, that same competitive drive and everything. So, uh, very awesome conversation. It was awesome having this man on. Um, if you want to connect with Isaac, all his links will be down below in the description. So, so yeah, thank you for being here and watching and listening. Um, and uh, yeah, get right into episode four of Creative Process. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode four of Creative Process. Today, obviously, if you're watching on YouTube and watching this the um, live stream on Twitch, you will see the guest that we have, have on today. But if you're just listening in, the guest that we have on today is Isaac Waller. Um, he is a designer within the esports space. Um, we've been connecting on and off um, for a while now. What do you think? Year, two years almost probably? Yeah, feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I've reached out to him. He said he'd love to be on, and so that's that's who we got on today. Obviously, if he's mainly in the esports realm, that's really what we're going to be talking about today. Um, at least the people that I work with um, mainly work within esports. Um, I've been working within esports for about five, six years now, so um, that's really where I started. Um, the siren's going off again. <laughs> the siren is going off again. Um, I hope that's not too loud. I may just keep going just because it's fine. On, it's fine on my part. Okay, then it should be good because yeah, that's coming from my mic. But anyways, fantastic. I can cut that out in the repost, anyways. Um, but yeah. So Isaac, nice to have you on. Nice having you. How you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. Doing great, man. Honestly, it's uh, great to be on here, and uh, you know, it's just uh, great to chat about uh, esports design and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you just kind of yeah. All that other stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, let, let's just get started then, right? Tell the people that don't know who you are, kind of kind of what you're all about, who you are and everything. Um, and yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. So, um, as Jared mentioned, I'm Isaac Waller. I'm a graphic designer in the esports space primarily, but I actually uh, mostly into gaming, really. So, you know, it's, it's really been um, more of a non-traditional path to get to as far as like from a design perspective. Um, actually, I'm more self-taught mm-hmm. in the in terms of my background. So overall, it's been uh, pretty much that as far as a path to get here. Um, but really, I started which is creating games, really, like just doing a little indie games or like Mario bootleg type of things. <laughs> <laughs> it, sound, it sounds really weird, but I actually did like this. Um, there was at one point where I did these kinds of things for like, uh, it was like not necessarily like a class. It was like a summer class. And that's kind of when I started, I was like interested in about, I was very interested in terms of like design in general or like just kind of game design type of deal. And I always played around with different sprite animations mm-hmm. and that's all I did. But the software I used was called like Game Maker 8, I think, but it was like a long time ago. It's a weird name. I know. <laughs> weird names, man. It's like, come on, why is there so many weird names for like all this? Other stuff? Yeah, honestly, like that, the, the program that I started in was GIMP. I don't know if you've heard of that. I've heard of that. Yeah. 
that yeah that was always that was always weird to me as well like photoshop yeah bootleg photoshop like <laughs> like i remember back in the day when you, we had to like crack photoshop to use it because we couldn't afford to use it <laughs> yeah oh gosh man oh. yeah and then yeah because like that's what i did too at one point where i was like i was just trying to learn mm -hmm. so in general i was just i would just find a crack for photoshop and then i use that same with illustrator um you know that's all i really did to kind of get used to it but now i now i i legally own it so yeah. legally mm -hmm. i'm allowed but yeah yeah so that's it, it's pretty much what i do every now and then and not every now and then but i do it every day but mm -hmm. you know yeah which is it's pretty crazy um but no so i did that and you know after a while i started getting into design because um there was a one point in a summer class where and this is kind of what's kind of sparked more of my interest um there was a professor at um this university near my area and he actually told my mother that uh, I should get into this. I should be more, get, I should get into this a little more because, you know, he, he thinks I'd be very good at it. And um, that's kind of when that really sparked more interest to really get into it because I felt like maybe this might be something I could do. Mm -hmm. So that's when I eventually started to um, get into more design related fundamental and, you know, just general, general stuff that would uh, help me you know, moving forward. And obviously everybody's still learning today. We yeah. all still learn. So mm -hmm. just kind of have to, go from there and you know i i think i think it, it turned out really well for me and it's just awesome to see progression and stuff like that yeah yeah i mean i i mean since we started connecting um i don't even remember when we actually did maybe it, it was, was maybe it was when you joined eu because how long have you been part of eu uh since 2018 so like three years yeah i think it probably was then because i used to work with jordan i don't know i think jordan was a part of eu when you were when you got added on yeah, Jordan Jaylay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan, Jordan's uh, Jordan's a great guy. I, I I liked working with him a lot, and I'm sure he's uh, you know doing well. He, and so, I think uh, he's so. working with um, Toronto Maple Leaf like esports side of everything. Oh really? Yeah, I think I th oh. I think I saw that just on LinkedIn. Um, that he got that's a awesome. that he got a job awesome. there. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think I think that's probably around the time like when you joined EU. Um when I like followed you and we started just, you know, interacting. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's where I can remember. Um, but anyways, so how long, basically, obviously this is going to be about esports, right? So how long have you been working within the esports space? And, um, you already said you're in gaming. So obviously that's probably the segue that got you into esports and everything. That's kind of how the segue, yeah, yeah. that's where I segue. So, uh, actually I, I've been around in esports probably like five years. So like, I would say maybe like, 2016 mm -hmm. uh, something like that and that's kind of when i first started getting into it i was interested in more so like at the time i was really interested in just joining a team that was my only interest in terms of like just joining a team because i never really thought about it from the job perspective i never really thought about it from that perspective because i was more into you know how uh like just how much I was like just wanting to be a part of something, mm -hmm. and we because I want it was the validation that was really more interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, but after a while, it just kind of felt like maybe I didn't really necessarily need this as much because I've had multiple instances where I was a part of like different things. I'm not going to go into a whole chain of th things I've been a part of mm -hmm. because I feel like that's like not as notable. Um, but generally, it was all just you know like from one step to another step until finally united so it just kind of came to that point um but 
um, I remember very well when um, John DeHart, the marketing director at United, uh, reached out to me. He was initially he was just the creative director, um, and uh, you know I, I and I remember very well. I'm like, you know, he wanted to know about all this other stuff. He like he really liked what I was doing. I guess I mean, and really at the time I didn't know what he saw in me. <laughs> You know, because I was like, that's kind of where I was like, I didn't really know like what was going on. But then after a while, I just kind of felt like, dang, dang this, this could be really cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So in general, I, I, overall, I really enjoyed working there until this day. I still work, enjoy it. And, you know, we, they're awesome people, great group of people. And mm-hmm. yeah, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going in and out. So, anyways, the people on stream, and Isaac, you obviously know, because this has been happening since we got on a call. The people yeah. on stream, people listening right now, currently, I think my area is probably in our tornado watch, which probably isn't the best time for me to be doing this, but I'm about to grind, so who cares, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we all got to grind at some point. So, if you, if you do hear a siren in the background, which I'll let it play right now. You should be able to hear that a little bit in the background. That's the tornado mm-hmm. siren going off. But um, but yeah, um, it's awesome to like kind of hear about hear about everything and like hear how you kind of got into the EU and everything. Um, so what EU for almost three years or three years already? Because you said twenty eighteen, three years three already. Years already. Yeah. Okay, well that's that's awesome. That's all. Usually you don't. I mean, unless it's like a full time or like a what am I trying to say? Like creative director or something like that. Usually you don't see people like, especially like younger designers like us stay at a team as long as you have. So kudos to you, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> kudos to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really <laughs> cool to, uh, you know, be a part of, uh, you know, that for so long, mm-hmm. um, at least in terms of that. But like, I mean, obviously three years is not long in context, but you know, after a while you're like, when you think about it, you're like, like, I've been there for that long. It's just awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, it just, it just, just look back and you're like, wow, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So yeah. it's pretty crazy in esports terms. It's pretty old. Yeah. You know, what do you think about it? It but, is pretty uh, old. Yeah. You're like a, you're like a seasoned vet. <laughs> uh, I don't want to call it. I don't want to call it. <laughs> oh, come on. Praise yourself no. a little bit. I'll give myself a pat on the back for that. Yeah. But you know, it just, it just feels like, you know, it in general, I don't really like when people talk about that sometimes where it's just like, like I'm already a vet. Everybody else is just down there. But in reality, it's not really true. But yeah. I just, I just think it's pretty, I just think it's, it's funny, but at the same time, it's like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I, I get, <laughs> but, I get yeah. that. I get that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So one thing I did want to talk about kind of because esports is a very like niche and like very competitive type of scene for designers, um, especially now, probably when, when we started, I mean, I mean, designing was obviously since time goes on, design and trends are going to change, but the competitiveness within esports as designers, let alone like players, you know, staff, like as designers has grown exponentially because I think the younger crowd or the younger people, like where we, like where we were when we started designing, they're realizing like, Hey, I love gaming. I game with my friends kind of just like how similar way to how we got into it but now they realize the magnitude of esports rather than five years ago when we got into it we were like "Mm." i mean it's just gaming you know we're we're getting in with our buddies you know we're just having a good time now via like careers are built in esports like every single day and it's it's crazy to see that but 
anyways, so like curating your portfolio, um, you can talk about it, you personally or um, kind of give advice towards people. What did you kind of think of? I guess I'll ask a personal question, like a directed towards you, but like when you were getting into esports and realizing like, hey, this is a possible career, how like how did you start thinking about your portfolio? Um, did you want to go website right away or did you stay on like Behance or what other like carbon made? I think it's a poor, like a portfolio site or, you know, a dedicated portfolio site or were you like, I'm going to create my own website type of thing or work wise uh, you know, and stuff like that. You know, carbon made was actually where I started. Nobody <laughs> knows about it. But, uh, carbon made was like the, the one site where I was like, gosh, I, I need to go on, uh, everything because everybody else is doing it. Everybody mm -hmm. else is doing a carbon made. And then after a while, I'm like, I just want to go on Behance because Behance just sounded a lot better. Yeah. And also it just more functionality, at least now anyways, like a lot of it was a little bit, a little bit better. And obviously as time progressed, we've gotten better and better. Um, but it really, uh, Behance in my opinion was honestly where I really stayed the longest. Carbon made was where maybe I stayed for a little bit and then all that other stuff just kind of, you know, jumped out the window and just went ahead and, uh, stayed on Behance. Mm -hmm. And I still have drafts of projects and projects where I just took them down immediately because either I wasn't really proud of them to be up there at that point, or I just wasn't really as interested in, uh, you know, keeping them up there because it just didn't feel like it reflected on the current work that I do today. Mm -hmm. So I would say the best advice I can give, you know, in terms of creating that, this, this is just for me. Like, I'm sure there's maybe other advice that maybe might be more suitable. Um, but really, you just got to, you know, take a look and just like find like this is what, what like find out like or at least analyze the work that you have and just figure out like this is the best possible work I, I can put out for you know, like for, from a public perspective, I mean, if they, like, I think they'll prefer this because of such and such, mm -hmm. but obviously there's a lot of things I, I would say, maybe just writing a notes and, you know, thinking like this could, this is the reason this is up is because it showcases this or showcases that part of your work. And, you know, that you have a great understanding of this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what, you know, it comes down to. Um, and cause I, you know, it just, it just, that's what, that's just overall what I would, I would probably do. Just from my perspective, of course. Yeah, that's good that you talked about that. Like, um, having like something, the stuff on your portfolio that corresponds to what kind of work you do currently. Um, I, I was in the same boat. Like, I have drafts on drafts on drafts on my Behance site, and it's just like, like I don't have them there anymore because I, like you said, I don't do that work anymore. I don't, I don't like, I don't, I guess specialize in a way to say that. I don't specialize in that work anymore. Nice little siren going off in the background again. Um, but, like, the curation of that is always a work in progress. Like, you may you may have it one way now, like, but then a month down the road, maybe you get into, like, something else. And then, like, you know, like, it can change as quickly as possible. Like, I remember even in a, the short amount of time of going through college, I started college and to where I ended college, my portfolio is night and day. Like... Granted, going through college design school does kind of help to help with that, but like what I'm interested in, what I'm marketing myself as a designer, like what that entails as well, and what I include on my resume also correlates to what my portfolio looks like. Like, like if I don't have any motion, like if I don't have any motion experience on my resume, I don't really know if I'm going to put a lot of emphasis on motion in my portfolio. You know, like especially when in the application process and everything like that. Um, 
there were there's ob- there's obviously like a uh, a good argument to where like you should have that because you you showcase a well-rounded well of course 100 percent. but like maybe a project i'm not like if i'm if i'm if my resume is focused on like static social media work and you know marketing work and that stuff obviously if the motion kind of pertains to that type of social media work then i would have it but it's it's more about it's gonna change don't worry about it not changing and it's it just kind of adapts with the time, I guess. Adapts with how you progress in your career and stuff. That's that's the best way that I could put it. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, portfolios. Honestly, designers live and die by their portfolios. Like, take your mm-hmm. time on your portfolio. Put stuff up there that one you know is good, and two is the stuff that you enjoy. Because, well, one, it, it's kind of gonna gonna correlate with each other. If you enjoy doing it, it's the work's going to turn out well, you know, if you don't enjoy doing something, you're not going to care about the project that you're working on. So, and, and in reality, that's going to show, mm-hmm. like, I think it will really show like, like depending on your mood, depending on what, you know, what you've uh, felt during that, that's going to show directly in the work, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on, you know, how you feel at the time and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Of course you want to put it like the best possible effort you can at least do mm-hmm. is really what I, what it comes down to, I think. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing, I think I talked about this with, with Kieran um, on the last episode. I don't know if you know who Kieran Dowd is. Um, um, I I uh, actually, uh, I think I've watched a little bit of that prior. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah I've, I've seen that, yeah. So we, we were talking about projects that, like, when we worked together back in the day, when we both ran a studio together, um, you know, like that type of stuff, like Oddline Studios, you both, yeah. That yeah. Type of stuff. yeah. Um, anyways, so, like, we were talking about, like, projects that we were just doing it to do it to get the monetary return right like bet in the case that we we're just talking about portfolio wise like those projects like they showed like there's no secret to if you like doing the project if you didn't like doing the project like compared to the stuff you did like doing it is night and day between you know a good project and a bad project it's it's exactly. so easy to spot that yeah. um it obviously takes a seasoned eye as well like a, yeah, non, a non-designer. I mean, I don't want to say like label it as a non-designer, but a person that doesn't design, I guess I could put it that way more politely. Yeah, right? I, I would say that's <laughs> the best label for it because yeah. it's just like generally when I say like a non-designer, I'm like, oh, well, you're a non-designer. Yeah. You don't know exactly <laughs> yeah. what you're trying to do. And it just, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's not the best label. I just don't appreciate when people label it that way. But Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah, to put it, a person who doesn't do graphic design. There. Yes. I'll put it like that. Their the eyes Yeah, their eyes are obviously different than a designer's eyes, like how they look at work. Like I guarantee Isaac, you go you're out you're out and about during the day, you see a billboard or you see a sign and be like, Ah, that shouldn't be like that. Like <laughs> I, I I bet like, like you even say to yourself, I probably could design that better. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah no, exactly. I, I've had that I've had that happen before whenever I'm driving around. So I'm just like, you know, literally like I see a billboard maybe on the highway or something and like, gosh, that looks so awful mm-hmm. for an ad. Mm-hmm. And I, I even look at like, you know, uh, there's some, also some logos out there that are like on buildings. And actually well, there was one point where my mother asked me like, like what, like I look at that logo. I'm like, I'm not sure what it exactly means. And I'm like, and I tell her the meaning of it. And I'm like, she's like, Oh, that actually makes more sense. Mm-hmm. So because like, I, cause I guess when I'm looking at it, I'm like, 
like even if like even if it doesn't really stand out immediately it i i at least know like this is what it's supposed to be for this is the message it's trying to get across mm-hmm. that's yeah. kind of where i see but then again there's all these other ads where they're just like gosh i wish i can design something better than that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, i'm pretty yeah. sure i can but mm-hmm. it's just like you know yeah, well, I, th- I think I think all the designers listening to that have always been, have, have been there once or twice at least. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, pretty much. Oh yeah. my god, it it always it just uh, like some things just like when you see like um, what's the typeface Comic Sans, you see oh, that god. anywhere. I'm just like, like that's a cliche meme, like that's a yeah. cliche like it, designer it's meme, very but it's cliche, but yeah. it's so true. Like, oh my goodness, there's no place for Comic Sans unless you're designing like a children's color book. Or papyrus, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> yeah, you know, papyrus. You know, unless it's the Avatar movie. But yeah, just, <laughs> I was gonna know, say only exception is Avatar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I, yeah I, I, there's are, some things yeah. that just get me going a little bit. Um. Anyways, a little bit off topic. Um. I what yeah. I wanted to get into as well is since we're in the esports space, I guess as a designer, um, in general, it's not really esports centric. Um, working freelance and like marketing yourself as a technical independent contractor to put it in um, to put it in terms of you know more of an understanding um, term um, being an independent contractor for yourself and like marketing yourself as your own employee basically having your own business pretty much um, but freelancing what's your opinion on freelancing in a sense it's hard <laughs> it's just hard like you can't like put that away because like every single time i work with like any freelance project it just feels like like at least for me personally it just gets like at the beginning it gets hard and then after a while it just kind of streamlines and that's it mm-hmm. but it at the same time it's like it, you, you sometimes you have to read their mind just to get to like where exactly they're going or like you just have to like figure out like what it is it makes sense but like in general it it just gets a little crazy because sometimes you don't even know if they're going to charge back or not. Cause mm-hmm. that happens a lot in the esports scene. Mm-hmm. Like I see a lot of people who charge back on people who are complete. Um, they're just, they're just not, they're just not they're the greatest of people. And it's just, you know, either they just don't understand it or they're like, Oh, I want a refund. And it's just like, you know, it, it's happened. It happens. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, I push through a lot of that just because it just feels like, you know, like, even though, like I've had my fair share of these types of experiences where I'm where this like maybe early on I guess primarily it was primarily early on my most of the time now I'm just a little it's a little easier for me now mm-hmm. um, you know it just it just really gets to a point where I like doing the freelance stuff even though it just gets difficult from time to time depending on the client and and what they provided to give you a starting point or a jumping off point mm-hmm. and then you just kind of go from there and you know you really just go through the process in general and just, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the way I see it personally. Mm -hmm. But yeah. The biggest thing when it comes to freelance for me is doing it. Like if you have an interest, if you have an interest in it, like do it, don't be hesitant because I mean, like you just said, like early on you had some issues, but now when you take a freelance client on, you realize like, well, one, like if you have connections and if you're able to do this, you can almost curate your freelance clients. Right. Yeah. Like if people come to you, you can tell, hey, I don't really want to work with them. Like I know what they may be maybe like be about like but um, it's be, like because you don't really want to waste your time and energy when it comes to a project like that. Like you don't want to have a bad time freelancing. 
granted it happens a hundred percent. That's why you start and, doing it. That's why, that's how you know how to handle those situations. Sorry, and the other thing, sorry, no, sorry. It's, it's all gone. The, and the other thing is that, you know, people price too low. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they just price too low. Like I price mine fairly high if you want to put it that way. Um, just because I feel like that that's just the value of where I'm worth. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just think, you know, like you obviously want to make sure it's worth your time and all that other stuff. And that's really what it comes down to. Like I see a lot of people who also like they just price too low. Like sometimes they charge like $5 a header and it's like, you know, like, like that's what I see. It's ridiculous. Like why, why, and, and in general, like why do we need header commissions anyway? Mm-hmm. Like I actually think it's very cliche and I also think it's like, it's like, it, it almost shows like, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be mean to anybody watching this thinking like, oh, I, I, I want to make Twitter headers. I want to make profile banners. And it's like, but it just feels like it's, you're making, you're making, you're, you're putting, you're limiting yourself to like a one single resolution or canvas. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I picture it nowadays. I just think like you're limiting to one canvas, which is the size of a header or profile cover. And you're not focused on like another type of resolution. That's kind of where I see it. Like, I mean, in the way, like, it's not just about like, you know, like, don't do this all the time. I just think, depending on like, from a versatility standpoint, it's nice to work in like, you know, not just 1080p, not just all this stuff. You like, you have to work in other, other things. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where it comes down to. And even just, you know, the standard letter, US letter, or Mm -hmm. A4, I don't Mm -hmm. know, just something that like, you know, would help a ton as well. I know that's kind of a long explanation, but well, no, I it's good. Really think, yeah, that's it's just good. the way I look at it. Yeah, it 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 makes me think a little bit. Um, like, if you do headers, if if that's your primary thing, start marketing, or start not marketing, start using the header as a leeway into your other kind of branding type of exactly. type of skills. So exactly. use the header and be like, hey, look, like you have a header. This is what the people are going to see first thing, right? Yeah, this is what this is what the people are gonna look at your brand as. That's gonna be the first impression on your portfolio. To keep that consistent, these are some things I can offer to you as well, right? To keep that brand image consistent, go throughout the so the whole. Oops, sorry, I just bought my mic. Go <laughs> go throughout the whole like social media type of presence since they're coming to you for a social media type of you know piece of work. Exactly. Um, use that header to le- again use that header to leverage other skills that you have within that same realm. Like I don't right. just, I don't just do a header anymore. There's no way I take on a single no header way. commission. There's no way. Not me neither. One, I mean, I one, it's like, I don't know how to price that as well as I like would want to. And two, there's no reason for it. Like if you have a brand, you're willing to put money into your, into your first impression. Why not put money into keeping your brand consistent throughout different mediums or throughout different types of social platforms, right? Like, right, and and that also applies to like just general marketing of yourself mm-hmm. as well in terms of like just your overall direction of how you present your visual branding. Mm-hmm. Like at one point, I've tried to figure out like I'm, I'm still try- I'm still trying to experiment with it. I'm thinking like you know like what if I did. You know, like, like and I'm sure most, like, there's a lot of people who maybe see my website. I, I utilize a lot of the gold and yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of, rep- and that for me, that, you know, it's a little more different in terms of, like, what most people do nowadays in terms of, like, my logo and brand, um, which, by the way, is, you know, like, um, Mason M, if he's watching this, I'm not sure if he is, but um, <laughs> he, uh, you know, uh, Mason uh, actually helped me, well, he, he created my logo for me. And 
Um, normally, I usually see a lot of people who make their own, but you know, like, and I like for me, it was difficult because I couldn't figure it out. Like, what represents me, and that that's kind of where I felt from mm-hmm. an esports perspective. Esports, this is different. This is something that I feel stands out from a lot of people, and mm-hmm. you know, that, that's kind of where it comes down. That's where that's for me. That's where it comes down to. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, something I wanted to ask you about freelance. Would you ever? attempt to pursue it full-time depends on uh where i'm at in my career i i would say the best like for me right now if, if anything I, I i would work for a company no matter because of even though like freelance sounds like like in the way i at least i put it like it just sounds you know it's just, first of all it's hard as i mentioned before mm-hmm. but I, I do think maybe it really depends on where you are i, I mean in, in my at least in my opinion anyways i think if you're, you know, tired of working for all these corporations, then yeah, I mean, maybe it might be something to consider. But mm-hmm. for me personally, I've always been like into working on big things with, you know, whether big or small. I, I mean, I've always wanted to work on all this stuff for corporations and companies. It's mm-hmm. always been my thing, you know. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I I like it, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest struggle with going for full time with freelance would be like keeping a consistent client base. Like that would be the struggle for me. Like having inconsistent months, like having to like, you know, because one month you can make what, 2400, the next month you can make maybe 1000. Like if the, if your yeah. clients don't need any work coming back that next month, it's like you know, there goes your work. Granted, yeah. you would have to do the due diligence pre full time freelance to be able to you know trust having those reoccurring clients and everything exactly um like obviously if you've been in the space for like let's say you're in the space for 20 years developed a very reputable type of brand image and everything and people know who you are they know your work you know you've worked with x you know x y and z big companies in the esports realm you have a good reputation behind you you have good backing and you have good references as well that's half the battle getting references and connections and like people being able to back up your name because once you go independent, yeah. you know, then, you need the you need the reputation. Right. And even then it's like 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 I also was would also suggest this to people. Like I mean, I just don't really see many to do this. But even just having quotes and having things that will like references in terms of that can help you. Like even just putting that on your website, like just a quote from a client. Mm-hmm. Or how like what like they a testimonial. Think about it testimonial. All. Testimonial. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Testimonial. Mm-hmm. I did that. The name of the word didn't come from <laughs> <But laughs> not testimonial. That's what it was. So just having those testimonials are really what's also gonna, you know, that, I mean, that in general is, uh, you know, it will definitely help you as well. Like I, I, I personally wanted to start doing that at some point just because, I mean, in general, just having that, like I, I'm, a lot of people say great stuff either way, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just really, it, it's still a really cool thing. Like if you can get your hands on a testimonial, um, that is reputable. That is something that is something that can help you. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously it's a little bit different to like, just say like, Hey, what do you think about it? Like just one overall final thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. some, some, sometimes they don't want to include that. Sometimes they're just like, Oh, you know, but mm-hmm. you know what, I mean, if they want to, then yeah, that's cool. You know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right. So the, the last thing I, d- I do want to talk about, no pun intended, but I want to talk about your process as a designer. Um, obviously the podcast is called creative process. There's no reason why it is. I mean, um, obviously because designers work in process probably 90% of the time. Um, so 
I would kind of want to get a little in if you want to talk about a personal project or if you want to talk talk about dealing with projects with United, how you approach that stuff. It's up to you. But what's your whole process when it comes to a project from start to finish? Yeah, I you know, I mean, to be honest, like sometimes there's such small projects that I just almost go head on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I go head on, which really – and by many people's standards, it's really not a good thing. It's not good practice whatsoever. <laughs> but I, some, there's times where I feel like I can, like there's times where I know for a fact that I can just go through the process normally because mm-hmm. that in general just feels like I'm more ideal than just, you know, having to, uh, you know, go in and, you know, like go first into Photoshop and just be like, oh, press key after key and just to get things right. But <laughs> You know, it, it, in general, though, I like I, I'm actually working on a logo project uh, currently, and I've been you know diving in and making sure I'm getting it right. So, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of been like doing a lot of stuff, a lot of branding and just general things that I'm I'm very happy about. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so but most of the time, at least if I can, you know, in terms of like what I'm doing, I usually like to go in and just go through the standard process, and most people do. That's mm-hmm. usually what I do like from brief to final is where I usually would tend to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, for logos, how much do you like, do you sketch every single time? Um, or do you yeah. go, yeah, you sketch every single time. Yeah. I, I, you better buy, it's usually either through tablet or sketchbook, mm-hmm. but that's generally, yeah. Yeah. Cause I know yeah. in some projects when I was in college, I, sometimes I was like, bang idea, you know, let's go at it right away in, in Adobe illustrator. Right. So, Um, I wanted to ask that because I know in branding sometimes like it's, it's obviously like some, some people think it's a cardinal sin if you don't start, start sketching right away. Um, other people are like, you know, the process can vary every once in a while, go right straight into your computer or, you know, take a step back, draw on your notebook a little bit. Um, and that's usually what I do. I mean, even like, even if it's like so small, I'm just like, I just need to sketch this. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's what I need. Usually, I need that visual mm-hmm. just to kind of get it in there. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, writing it down usually the best way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, man, this was awesome. Um, for the people that are centered around esports, this is a. I guess we hit on a couple esports centric topics, um, talking about working with any esports and stuff like that. Uh, but a lot of general design um, topics have been touched here. Talking about portfolio, talking about process and everything like that. Um, talking about freelance, especially that was a really good topic we talked about. Yeah. Um, because I feel like that sometimes when, when designers aren't really, aren't really getting a leg in on a full-time gig, they think about freelance. So a couple things you should, should have considered. So, um, if you did miss that part of the podcast, go back and you're really committed to potentially going into freelance, go back, listen to what, um, Isaac had to say about that. Um, but yeah, anyways, Isaac, it was awesome having you on, um, people listening, all of Isaac's links will be down below. So make sure to go follow this man. Um, keep up to date. If you need design work, he's the man for you, especially esports centric. He's got the track record. He's got the portfolio to speak for it. Um, just go there. You'll know this guy's worth a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, thank you for tuning in to episode four of creative process. Um, for the people that did watch this live, this, if you want to re watch and re listen, this will be on YouTube on my personal channel and Spotify. If you search creative process, that'll be there as well. Um, so yeah, Isaac again, thank you. Loved having you on my man. Nice, nice connecting with you again. Thank Um, you so much. And yeah, we will see you guys, I think, next week. I think next week we'll have another episode. All right, peace out, y'all.